Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. And today we are going to be continuing the series of living the dream, following the life of Joseph. And uh, today, the subject that we're going to be covering is temptation. And for those of you who don't know, my name is David. I'm one of the pastors here. And, you know, as we look at this subject of temptation, I want to tell you what a temptation is. It's a fake promise. A temptation is a promise that whatever you're looking to do will deliver something that it cannot deliver. Whether it's comfort, whether it is relief, whether it is for provision, it doesn't matter what the promise that it makes to you, a temptation is a lie from the devil that wants you to get off of track of what God has called you to do. God has a dream for your life and he has a direction for your life. And so when we give in to temptation, we are giving in to the enemy's plan. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I, um, I have a temptation that I face Fairly often, um, this is uh, this is Stan's donuts. If you're not familiar, this is um, some pretty good donuts. And um, you know, I'm not tempted by Dunkin' Donuts. You know, um, if you're offended by that, you could pray and get over it. But this is <laughs> Stan's donuts. On the other hand, this is different. You see. This is, this is no ordinary donut. This is, this is a, a cronut, okay? <laughs> this, this is made with cronut dough that has been laminated over and over again. They fold it over with new layers of butter and new layers of dough. And they fold it over hundreds of times. And then they take it and they infuse it with vanilla bean buttercream. And then they deep fry it. And after they deep fry it, then they cover it with sugar because it wasn't sweet enough. So this is a real donut, okay? This is, you know, uh, this is something that when I see this, you see, I'm a donut guy. So like, I, when I... When I look at a donut, like, from, from Dunkin', I'm like, yeah, you know, that's, that's just not going to cut it. But this, this, I know. If I pass stands, I know I'm going in. You know, it's like, I, that's just, that's what I do. Now, Do Right Donuts has some good donuts, I will be honest. But this donut, I think, uh, is the best donut in Chicago. My personal opinion, you could disagree and be wrong, but this is, in my opinion, the best donut in Chicago. And... So here's the deal, here's the deal, right? Whenever I see one of these donuts, I kind of feel like, you know, I kind of feel like I'm Frodo in Lord of the Rings because, you know, it's like my precious, you know? And I could hear, I could hear like Samwise in the back saying, no, Mr. Frodo, you need to destroy the ring, you know? And I'm like, I'm about to, like, this is... This is the real ring of power right here, you know? 
one, one ring to rule them all. So anyways, you know, I, I, I'm a donut guy. So the reason that I love this donut is because that's a part of, I look at myself as a donut guy. So when I go past the donut, the Stan's Donuts or Do Right Donut, I just know I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. I eat donuts. But I think that what happens is oftentimes we get a little confused. We start to identify ourselves with the temptation that we face. Some of us are saying, well, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just an angry person. I have a short temper. You know, this is just the way that I grew up and so this is all that I ever have known. We start to identify ourselves not by the thing that Jesus did on the cross when he redeemed us and he made us new. The Bible says that we are a new creation. Not just a washed creation, a new creation. We are new. And so we start to identify ourselves by our temptation. And when we do that, then we say, well, this is just who I am. But I want to tell you, dreamers master their temptation. You know, we're following the life of Joseph, and Joseph taught us something. Joseph taught us that you can overcome your temptation. I want us to, to recite this together, okay? Temptation is not my master. I will master my temptation. Okay, let's, let's do that one more time. Temptation is not my master. I will master my temptation. You see, Joseph was a slave in Egypt. You'll remember from, from last week or two weeks ago that, that Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. And so we find Joseph in Potiphar's house. There was a high-ranking Egyptian official that, that took Joseph and put him in his home as his slave. And Joseph began to flourish there. And I'm gonna put this donut away so that we can say no to the devil. No, no, I got it, I'm good, I'm good. So, I'll take care of that, don't worry. So we find, <laughs> we find Joseph in Egypt in Potiphar's home. And the, one of the things I love about this story is that Joseph by name was a slave. He was a slave in Potiphar's house, but he never looked at himself that way. So, you know what, even before we jump into this text, why don't we pray? I just wanna invite the Holy Spirit into this moment right now. I wanna pray that there would be like a holy spotlight. Some of us are afraid. We feel like we're running from the police. That's not what I'm... That's not what it's like. But we need a holy spotlight to expose the things that are hidden, to expose the things that we've kind of buried so that we can live in freedom. God has no intention 
He doesn't have a desire to judge us. He has a desire to set us free. That's why Jesus came. So Jesus, right now, we open ourselves up to you. By your word, pierce us. May these words, oh God, expose the desires and the, the, the longings of our heart. Expose the intentions of our heart. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal anything that is displeasing to you. That you would show us any way that we need to surrender afresh to you. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to go anywhere that you want. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, convict us of sin and draw us nearer to the Father. Lord, you are the one that reminds us of who we are. You remind us that we are adopted children and by you, Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. We love you and we thank you that you have brought us near and that you have made us new. So God, show us from your word, teach us, make, make our path clear. May it be a light unto our feet. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, praise God. Temptation is not my master. I will master my temptations. Let's look at some of the ways that Joseph was actually able to master his temptation. I, I love this story because Joseph was victorious. And I wanna learn from Joseph, how did Joseph do this? So let's look, look at verse six. It says, so he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Sometimes your gifts can become a liability. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. So subtle, right? But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge, he is not greater in this house than I am. Nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You know, the first thing that Joseph did when he was presented with the temptation was that he chose gratefulness. And when we choose gratefulness, it makes sin look stupid. When we choose gratefulness, what we're doing is we're actually taking inventory of all of the blessings that God has already given to us. When we choose to be grateful, what we're doing is we're acknowledging all of the good things that God has done in our life instead of pointing out all of the areas where we wish he would do more. Sometimes we are unable to resist temptation because we have not been grateful for the victory and for the things that God has done in our life already. 
You know, it's interesting because Joseph, he started off by describing all of the ways that God had blessed him. Think about this. He was a slave, but he said, look at all of the areas that God has blessed me. I have an amazing role and position. I've been entrusted with so much. I have access to everything that I need. The only thing is you that I don't have access to, and I will not sin against God. You know, sometimes the reason that we struggle with sin is because we don't call it sin. Sometimes it's just, well, it's just like a, it's just a little white lie. It's not going to hurt anybody. You know, it's just like, well, that's just the way that I am. That's just my personality. But you know what? We need to be mature enough as believers to say, you know what? No, sin is sin. In fact, as you're confessing sin, I heard it said once that you are only able to be released as much as you're willing to confess. Your forgiveness goes to the place that you're willing to expose and confess. And so when we, when we look at what Joseph did, he chose gratefulness. And you know, when you take an assessment of your life and you take an assessment of all the things that you have, have you ever stopped and taken a step back from your temptation and said, how much is this gonna cost me? You know, whenever you do that math, it's never worth it. Say, <laughs> so, wait a second. You know what? Is this drink worth trading my sobriety? Is this text message worth losing my marriage? Is this, is this amount of money worth losing my integrity? All of these things, is this, is this word that I'm gonna speak about someone else is it worth losing my reputation? You see, when we put things into perspective and we begin to be grateful for all of the things that God has already given to us, then we're able to assess how bad of a deal the devil is trying to get us to sign on the dotted line for. When you read the terms of the temptation, it is a false promise that cannot deliver because the devil does not have the ability or the capability to give you what you need. Here's what else Joseph did. Joseph, he rejected entitlement and self-pity. Why do we need to do that? Because reject entitlement and self-pity, it makes sin look reasonable. Have you noticed that when you feel sorry for yourself, all of a sudden you feel like you deserve something? You're like, man, you know, I've just been, I've been serving the Lord for so long and I just, you know, I, I just, I feel like I deserve this. This is something that I've been so good to God and how come God hasn't blessed me with the, with the job that I'm looking for yet? And you start to feel sorry for yourself. 
Or if I could even be so bold to say, sometimes we say, you know what? I didn't have the, the father that I needed growing up. And so because of that, I just have this issue in my life. And it is what it is, but it's my dad's fault or my mom's fault. And we start to feel entitled that, you know what, the reason that we sin is actually someone else's fault. But I wanna tell you something, your issues are yours. But that doesn't mean that you have to give in to them. It means that you're supposed to conquer them. And sometimes we feel so sorry for ourselves that we forget that we are bought with the blood of Jesus and we have been made new and there is no temptation taken you but such as is common to man and God is faithful and will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able. And with the temptation, he will also make a way of escape. God wants to deliver you from the temptations that you're in. You are not bound by them and you are not mastered. Your temptation is not your master. You will master your temptations. You know, when we begin to feel sorry for ourselves, we open the door to give ourselves a break. When you want to give yourself a break, watch out. You know, the devil doesn't attack you when you're strong. He attacks you when you're tired. He doesn't attack you when you just read your Bible. Well, he might, but he, he, he doesn't always just attack you right after you read your Bible and you're full of faith and you walk out of Sunday service or you walk out of prayer meeting. No, the devil's going to attack you when you're alone and you're tired and you're feeling dejected and you're feeling discouraged. That's when the devil attacks you. That's when the devil's coming after you. And I wanna tell you something. The devil's plan is to steal from you, is to kill you, and is to destroy you. He hates you. The devil hates you. Do you know why? Because you bear the image of God. And every time he sees you, he remembers that he is created and that he has an ending. He remembers that He's going to be bound in eternal punishment. So here's the thing. I love what Joseph did because he chose gratefulness. He rejected entitlement and self-pity. And then look at verse 10. And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. You know, I, I love it because, you know, the, whenever I see Stan's Donuts, I'm always like, how about I just like, I'll just cut it in half. You know what I'm saying? Let me just cut this donut in half. And, and it's so funny, whenever they, they, sometimes they'll bring donuts in for like someone's birthday or something like that in the, in the staff. And because uh, we all have problems and we're... Um, They'll like cut the, they'll cut the donuts. And it's so funny because, you know, the people that feel guilty, they're the ones that cut it the most. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, just let me just get a little sliver. It's like, come on. I, I should know because I'm like, I'm only cutting that thing in half. The only thing that I'm doing is just making it a longer process. That's the only thing that I'm doing. I'm going to eat the whole donut. Let's be honest. It's like, 
I'm going to eat the whole thing, so I don't know why I'm cutting it. But you, you cut the donut, and then you're like, you know, maybe I'll just take a little piece as if, like, half of the donut isn't going to give me diabetes. I mean, it's like, <laughs> but that's what we do. We get close. Well, look at what J Joseph did. He said, dismissing is better than engaging. Dismissing is better than engaging. You know where sin starts, right? It starts right here. You see, before you act on something, you think something. Before you take action on something, there is a demonic lie that is fed to you. And when that demonic lie comes in, that is the moment that you are supposed to say, lie, I'm not listening. I love that Joseph didn't have a conversation with her. He's like, no, I already told you. He didn't even listen. And now Potiphar's wife is kind of like, hey, why don't you just come inside? And, you know, it's hot outside. It is Egypt. You know, it's like, come on. It's like, why don't you just sit next to me? And Joseph didn't even listen. You know, the devil will convince you it's not a sin to just get close to sin. But really what he's doing is just leading you down a path. Don't ever go close. You know, uh, Proverbs talks about the foolish man and he says he's walking down the street like an ox headed to the slaughter. Walking by the promiscuous woman's house. You should read it. It's, it's, in, it's in Proverbs. Um, I'm blanking on it. What's the proverb? Is this seven, six? Read it. The whole thing is good. So <laughs> it's in Proverbs. But the point is, is that you don't even want to go close. You don't even want to go close to the house because why? When you get close, you're more tempted. You're just giving the devil more beachhead to attack you from. The Bible says, don't give the enemy a foothold. In other words, if the devil starts knocking, don't open the door. Don't allow him to have access to your thoughts. Don't allow him to have access to your actions. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5, it says to take every thought captive, and make it obedient to Christ. We're supposed to take that thought that the devil inserts and we're supposed to reject it outright and say, that is not God. So what do you do? Well, dismissing is better than engaging. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. Don't just dismiss, but then refocus. Turn to worship. You know, when you're in the middle of temptation, you might be like, oh, you're so spiritual, Pastor David, you know. But can I tell you something? You could be in work. You could be tempted and you could just say, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Amen. And when you say, you know what, here, here, I'll show you, I'll give you an example. I think I've done this before, but don't think about pink elephants. What did you just think about? I... It's a dirty trick, but I, you can't help it. So when you are tempted, sometimes people are like, 
don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Stop thinking about it. Well, guess what I'm doing? I'm meditating on it. That's what I'm doing. I'm actually meditating on the thing that I hate and the thing that I don't want to think about. And so sometimes we think, well, I got I to gotta get my fists up. I got to get ready to fight. And here's that temptation. It's like, oh, no, don't, don't go over there. Man, I, I, okay, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't do that. And now I've just spent moments and thoughts, and I've just spent lots of energy focusing on the problem. But Colossians 3 tells us, that we're not supposed to focus on the things here on earth, but we're supposed to turn our attention to the things that are going on in heaven. And so when you're faced with temptation, what you should do is turn to scripture, turn to worship. You know, when you have the word of God inside of you, what you're able to do is you're actually able to then fight the devil with the sword of the spirit. You're able to take the sword of the Spirit and offensively attack the enemy. You know, I, I, I quoted to you 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 13 earlier. Do you know how I memorized that? When I was about 13, my dad, we were driving, and he said to me, he said, hey, son, you're going to get tempted. And if you're ever tempted... What you need to do is you need to recite scripture. And he, it was a long drive. He had me memorize that verse in the car that moment. And I've never forgotten it. We memorized it on that drive and we just kept going over. I was so like, I'm like, dad, I'm really, I'm done with this verse. He's like, no, no, we're gonna memorize it. And you know what? Whenever I'm tempted, I go, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, boom. I just... There's no temptation taken me, but such as is common to man. I look, King James, that's how, you know, I'm old school. No temptation has taken me, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful. Memorize the word of God. Focus on what's true. Be grateful. But Pastor David, you don't know what kind of marriage I'm in. Be grateful. You don't know how hard it is in my job. Be grateful. You are not a victim of your circumstances. You are a child of God. You are royal. You are not restricted by the circumstances that you find yourself in. You are a powerful person that God has enabled to do everything that he has called you to do. So... Look at verse, actually, I want to say one more thing. This is important. So dismissing is better than engaging. Let me tell you something. Don't go to the places where you know you're going to be tempted. <laughs> okay. So you get a call. Hey, why don't you come over here, you know? Come on, we've been... We've been boys for years, man. You can't, you can't leave us. You know you got to come. You're like, I know what's going to happen if I come. Guess what? Don't go. Don't go. That was such a weak clap, but I'll take it. You know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I get it. But it's not just the guys. 
you know, but this is my, this is my friend. We've known each other a long time. And she just needed, she just needed someone to vent to. No, that's gossip. That's gossip. That's divisive. And if you know that that's where it's going to go, don't go. Some of you have numbers in your phone that you need to delete. Some of you are like, well, you know what, but I've been friends with them for so long. I know, but you know what, they are bringing you down. You are not helping them. You're not Jesus. I don't care if you're the only believer that they know. If they are causing you to fall into sin, you need to break it off. You know, um, so uh, my wife and I, whenever we are driving together, it's typically a dangerous scenario. Um, because typically I'm behind the wheel. So I... I like to drive, and my wife and I, you know, we, we, we differ on some things. My wife thinks that I have a control issue, and I think that my wife has a focus issue. So sometimes, you know, she'll say, why don't you just let me drive so that you could get rest, or so why don't you just let me drive so that you could do whatever, and I'm like, no, no, that's cool, it's cool. And so yesterday we're going over to someone's house and, uh, and I was like, you know, I'm going to focus on the message. I'm going to try to like, you know, go over my notes and stuff like that. And, and, um, and so, so she, she's like, oh yeah, sure. I'll drive. I'll drive. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so, um, so she starts driving and then the flesh just starts to come up, you know? And I was like, babe, do you see that car? You see that car? You see that car? You know, we drive different. Like when I see brake lights, I, I at least take my foot off the gas, you know? I'm like looking for the brake pedal on the passenger side. It's not there, you know? And, and so she's like, babe, calm down. She's like, do you know that I drive your children around all day, every day? I said, that does not make me feel any better. She said, you don't understand. She said, there's, do you know that our children, she said, our children, the Bible says that the angels that watch over these children have full access to the face of God. They're the, they're the most high-ranking angels out there. And they're watching over our kids. I'm like, all right, fine. You win. Okay, fine. But on the way home, I drove. And guess what? Peace. I just know if I'm in the passenger seat, that is a place where I am going to be tempted to get angry. And, and so sometimes we put ourselves in situations where we know we're going to be tempted. And I just want to tell you, it's not worth it. Dismissing is better than engaging. You have to know your weakness. Because your weakness might look different than someone else's. You might be like, yeah, well, all the other people get to do that. Yeah, but you can't. 
all the, well, it's not a big deal if it, uh, everyone else is going to this place and, and they're, they're, they're watching that movie and, and, and uh, you know, they're going to this place that, that I, I, and I feel like it's okay. Yeah, well, but not for you. Why? Because you have to be able to call a spade a spade and you have to be able to recognize when the devil is trying to tear you down. Because it's not how close you can get to something. It's about how close you can be to Jesus. The job that you have is not to see how strong you are in the middle of battle. The job you have is to run into the strong tower. The Bible says that the name of the Lord is like a strong tower and the righteous run into him and they are safe. So look, verse 11. But one day when he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was there in the house, she caught him by his garment. You know, it's, you know what's crazy? Is that the devil, he plays so dirty. When Even when you do everything right and you're rejecting all the temptation, you're rejecting all the temptation, you're thinking, man, I did, I did a good job. Guess what the devil does? Sets a trap. He sets a trap for you. And that's what happened here. She caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and he had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household. So here's the deal. So Joseph was so willing to do whatever it took. Here's what he did. And here's what we need to do. Drop your ego and be extreme. Is it worth it? Like, if someone were to ask you, hey, how valuable is your marriage? What would you be willing to do for your marriage? We would say, oh, I'll do anything. I'll, I'll climb a mountain, I'll cross the sea, and I'll do anything for my marriage. Okay, so if that's the case, then let's be extreme. Let's not give ourselves. don't, the Bible says, don't provide provision for the flesh. Don't give the flesh any provision. In other words, don't give the flesh any wiggle room. Don't say, oh, well, it's okay. It's just, it's like my little pet dragon. You know, your little baby pet dragon is gonna grow into a full-size dragon. You have to kill dragons. You don't have pet dragons. So, Drop your ego and be extreme. You say, well, it's not really that big of a deal. I got it under control. Really? Do you have it under control? You say, well, you know what? I'm strong enough. I'm strong enough to, to go face this. You know what? We need to be extreme. You know what Jesus says? He says, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Because it's better for you to enter into the kingdom without an eye and without a hand than to be thrown into eternal punishment. We need to be extreme in our defeat of sin. We need to go to whatever place we have to in order to say, devil, you're not gonna beat me. 
The blood of Jesus has already purchased me. I have already been set free. I'm not a slave. You know what, Delilah, just because I am your slave doesn't mean that I have to listen to you if you go against what God says. And I don't care who you are, I am not laying down my, my character so that you can do what you want with me. No, that's not how it works. I am a free person. You are no longer bound by sin if you are in Christ Jesus. You might say, well, that Pastor David, it doesn't feel like that. Stop listening to your feelings. The Bible says that those who have accepted Jesus, that they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. You know what that means? It means that you have been made a new person. And so you, you might not feel new. But that doesn't change what God has done on the inside. Your thoughts stay the same oftentimes because the process of sanctification is that you have legally been made right before God. You have been washed clean. He has forgiven you. He has justified you. He has made you as if you never sinned. And when we stand before God, we learn from Scripture that in Colossians 2, it says that we stand before God perfect without a spot or wrinkle. We stand before God without a single fault. You might say, no, not me. Yes. If you're washed by the blood, Jesus forgives you for past, present, and future sins. You are made new, righteous, and holy. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it talks about how, it was talking about don't, uh, you don't sleep with a prostitute. Why? Because in, in back in those days, the way to worship other gods was, was oftentimes you would go into a temple and you would sleep with a prostitute. And so what, what he says is, don't unite yourself to a prostitute. Why? Because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the intimation of that text is that even if you go to sleep with a prostitute, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave you. So don't Put the Holy Spirit in that position. But you know what? We can take that in a condemning way, but I want to, I, I and, and it is a truth that we need to be aware that wherever you go, the Holy Spirit is there. But you know the other beautiful part about that? The Holy Spirit has purchased you. And even when you choose to pick up the chains of your slavery, the Holy Spirit says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. But Romans chapter six teaches us that we cannot give in to sin. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We have died to sin. We have died to sin. Everyone say, I've died to sin. You know what that means? You don't have to give in. Because sin Temptation is not your master. Amen. Temptation is not your master, and you will master your temptation. Amen. Drop your ego and be extreme. You know, I remember years ago, there was, there was someone who was dealing with some stuff in their life. I mean, this is ages ago. And... Um, 
remember they brought their computer to the church. And, and it was like a, a big deal for them. It was a nice computer. They said, I don't want this anymore. They just gave it over. They said, here, gave it over to the church, picked up a flip phone. I just remember that. And I was like, man, that's so amazing. I was a young, I was just a kid. I was like, man, that's incredible. This person's willing to do whatever it takes. We have to be extreme. We have to be extreme. Because I want to tell you something. When you're extreme, the grace of God flows to you. Verse 14, she called to the men of her household and said to them, see, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to, lie, to me to lie with me. And I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she, she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story saying, the Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. As soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled and Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him his steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. Listen, don't let condemnation define you. Live up to your calling. You know what's crazy is that no matter if you're tempted and you give in to sin, there's condemnation that's going to follow. And you know what? Even if the devil tempts you, he's going to try to beat you up for even having the thought that he planted in your mind. But I want to tell you that Joseph, he did not give in to condemnation. He says, no, the condemnation and the lies of this woman are not going to taint me. The lies of the devil are not going to taint you because you do not live off the definition of what the devil says. You live off the definition of who God says you are. And so when you find yourself and you've fought temptation and you've broken through, you don't even have to listen to the lie of the enemy. It's like, I don't care what is in my past. That's not who I am today. I don't care what I got over last year. That's not who I am anymore. I don't care who my father was or what my father did or what my parents did. I don't care what happened to me when, a, when I was a little kid or what I used to do. I am a new creation. I'm a new creation. He was in prison. In prison. But because of the steadfast love of the Lord and the favor of God, the Bible says the jailer put him in charge of everything. You know, you choose the path for your future. I want to put up something. We don't always choose every turn, but we can choose every decision. We have a choice. Whenever God puts us in a new circumstance, we have a choice. Look at what Joseph, look at what happened to Joseph. Sold into slavery, ascends in Potiphar's house, 
that he's tempted and accused by Potiphar's wife. She lies. And then he's sent to prison. And he's put in charge of the prison. And you know, I want to I want to point something out here. If you go forward in the story, the Bible says that when Joseph was put in charge in Egypt over all of the kingdom of Egypt, Pharaoh gave Joseph a wife. And you know what? The Bible says that Joseph's wife was the daughter of Potiphera. Interesting. He was the slave of Potiphar, and Potiphar's wife was tempting him and saying, hey, this is the best you're ever going to get. You can't, the blessing of God is not going to come on your life. You're a slave. I'm offering you the best that you're ever going to get. And you don't have any future. You're not going to be married. You're a slave. But God had something in store. Some of you, you're in a relationship with unbelievers. And you know, you're like, you know that they don't love Jesus. And even if they come to church with you, if you're here and you're not saved and you're here because of the, the person next to you, we love you. We love you, okay? You're welcome here. But that doesn't mean that you're supposed to be in a relationship. Everybody needs to be right with God first. Then we can be right with each other. So look, sometimes what happens is we skip steps because we're trying to fast forward God's journey. We're like, God, I think I, think I would just like to go, let's go from sold into slavery to, um, to, to, to me uh, being in charge of Egypt. Can we do that? But the problem is, is that we would have never imagined that we would be in charge of Egypt. And so as far as we could see, as we could see, God, this is the best I'm ever going to get. God, I, you know how old I am? Am I going to be single my whole life? Is this everything for me? But God says, just wait. God, I, I'm never going to get a break. I'm never going to be able to make that much money. But if I just do this one thing, it'll set me up. God, does it really matter if just these little things are not in order? I want to tell you something. It is not worth it. God has Potiphar's daughter for you. You're not supposed to sleep with Potiphar's wife. God has something in store, and the devil only has duplicates that are fake. He's not, it's not the real, you know, it's not a real Lexus. Uh, uh, what am I? Rolex, thank you. Lexus. I'll take a fake Lexus, I guess. I don't even know. Do they make those? Don't buy the counterfeit. God has the real deal for you because he wants to bless you. He's got the real deal. You know what I believe? I believe that Potiphar's wife saying, you're just a slave. But Joseph said, that's not true. How could I sin against God? I am a servant of God. I'm a leader 
and I've been called to rule and I'm not gonna give in. 